Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Monday, May 29th, 2023. I'm Mike Cachopoli. How's everyone doing tonight? How's everyone doing? I hope you had a great, great Memorial Day weekend. I hope it was a great weekend. Hope you had a lot of fun if you went away. Hope you enjoyed yourself. Hope you went to somewhere where there was some nice, warm, early summer weather. And uh, here we are on Monday night. I guess the, you know, it's technically, I don't like to work on holidays in a way because it's kind of disrespectful. And, you know, Memorial Day, I want to be respectful to all the fallen soldiers. But it is late. It's kind of like the end of Memorial Day, right? I mean, it's 11 p.m. Pacific, so it's basically over in an hour here. And on the East Coast, it's no longer Memorial Day. So I feel like I did take the day, right, because I don't come on until Monday night. And you take the day and you understand what Memorial Day is all about, right? And it's different than Veterans Day. People always try to make that distinction, right? Veterans Day is honoring the people who are serving, who serve in the military. Memorial Day is for those who have died. In a line of duty. So the distinction. Then there's Armed Forces Day, which is about current serving. So it's all different, but I think it's easy to remember, right? Memorial in memoriam. So that's what today was about. Anyway, I hope you had a a good Memorial Day. The unofficial start of the summer. You know, I don't like to well, I do like to bitch and moan, don't I? But usually it's punching up. I like to punch up. But there's such I don't know if you feel this way, but there's such incompetence in this world from like the highest, from like you know, the president and the people in Congress, incredible incompetence, incompetence with the media, all the way down to like Uber Eats. I don't know, lately, and I do order Uber Eats from time to time, right? Because I, I don't really cook and I have weird hours. So like, I'm always hung after this show here, after the show ends, usually what, 1230 or in the morning, my time here in San Francisco, I'm hungry. Hey, I burn a lot of calories doing this show. I really do. I burn a lot of calories doing this show. So I'm hungry at the end of the show. And I often I'll order something on Uber Eats. And lately, like every three or four orders, just been totally fucked up. And I don't really understand it. I really don't. I mean, I don't know how tough it is, right? But there's just incompetence, whether it's the people preparing the food at the restaurant you're ordering it from or the delivery people where they don't deliver it. I mean, I've had everything lately from they never get here or it takes them forever to get here. And it's, you know, eight blocks away. And so last night I ordered something and just – the driver message me and says, oh, they gave me the wrong order, so your order doesn't exist. I said, okay, great, thanks. I mean, the the people who you contact, the customer service, are always really great. Okay, we'll cancel it, no charge, we'll give you 10 free dollars and all that, whatever. But still, it, what's with the incompetence? And this is the issue I was thinking about. And it's more than that, right? I have a couple of different cell phones. I have a Verizon cell phone and a T-Mobile cell phone. You say, well, Mike, why do you have a Verizon cell phone and a T-Mobile cell phone? Because I live in the middle of the fucking city named San Francisco, the tech capital of the country, if not the world. And I cannot get a good signal on my Verizon phone in my apartment. 
it, 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 it cuts out. The, the calls drop off. I'm talking to my friends and the call drops off every 10 minutes. It's ridiculous. So I said, oh, you know what? Let me get a cheap T-Mobile phone. Maybe T-Mobile's better. Well, it's, it's just as fucking bad. So, and I'm living in the middle of the city, the middle of the city. And whether it's Verizon or T-Mobile, my calls keep dropping off. And it's incredibly annoying. And so now what do I have to get an AT&T phone too? Should I try that out? So it, this incompetence in this world is amazing. The incompetence all around. And you do pay for things. I mean, you pay for services. You pay good good money these days for cell phones. It's not cheap. You know, so you're paying whatever it may be, 80, 100, 120 a month. And the calls are dropping out and you're in the middle of San Francisco, you know. And then when you call up and you complain, they go, oh, where do you live? I live in fucking San Francisco. I'm not in the middle of the desert. I'm not in the middle of the fucking Sahara Desert. I'm in San Francisco. And if you don't get a good signal here, where do you get a good signal? And what's really annoying is if I were incompetent, it wouldn't bother me so much. But it's really hard being a competent person and living in an incompetent world. Very annoying. When you are a competent person, you try to do everything right, right? You try to be professional and everyone else sucks at what they do. That is so annoying. It must be great to be an incompetent person because then who cares, right? Everyone's incompetent. You're incompetent. They're incompetent. Who cares? But when you're a competent person like I am, it's very annoying. It's an, it, it's incredibly annoying. And there's so much incompetence. There's so much incompetence. You know, I talk about the incompetence in the White House or in, uh, the media, the but just in every aspect of life, it's hard to find good help. It's hard to find competent people. It's hard to find competent corporations. It's incredibly difficult. And the reason is we're all just numbers, right? No one really gives a shit. There was a time not too long ago when if someone owned a business, they would make it their business to be competent. They wouldn't accept it from the workers, from themselves. I know this because my grandfather owned Italian restaurants and he demanded competency. And part of that was him or his brother having to be at the restaurant all the time. All the time, the owners having to be at the restaurant because they felt that they needed to be there to make sure things went right, to make sure the customers were satisfied. And back in those days, 80s and 90s, if something went wrong in the restaurant, if a customer wasn't satisfied, no charge, no charge for that. Try getting that these days. Try going to it. Now, if you go into a restaurant and you complain, they ban you from ever coming back to the restaurant, right? Try it. Try finding restaurants these days where if something is wrong with something you order, it comes, it takes a long time to come. It comes cold. It's not the right item. They say, don't worry about the bill. <laughs> it's never going to happen. Never going to happen. And, and partly that's because very few things are family owned anymore. So if a family owns a restaurant, the family usually has, like in my case, their, their daughters, their sons, their relatives working at the restaurant. And they all have the right to say, sure. It's on us. Don't worry about it. But now, nowadays, where there are very few family-owned restaurants anymore, the manager doesn't even have the right. The, the, the ownership, often such a large corporation, doesn't even give the manager the right to do that. And that's the problem. We just fuck the customer over left and right these days. The customer is not only 
not right. Remember that saying, the customer is always right? It's not even like that has been turned on his head. Now it's like the customer is always wrong. When did that happen? Does anyone know? When did it happen where the customer's always right became the customer's always wrong? Was there a time when that happened? It's not even the customer's maybe right. Sometimes it's the customer's wrong. You can't complain. You don't want And I've, I've actually heard of people going to places and they'll complain. They'll be told and don't eat here. I mean, who ever heard of that? Seriously, who ever heard of that? Don't like it. Don't come here. Is that a, is, was that like customer service 101? Who learned that? Is there a class customer service 101 where they teach that? When the customer complains, you tell them don't come back. So that's what we're getting now. It's everything. It's, it's, it's with cell phone service. It's with restaurants. It's with hotels. It's everything you can imagine. It's clothing outlets, everything. The customer service is shit. The customer's always wrong. And we're like beholden as though we owe them our money. We owe them our business. And this extended to COVID, didn't it? Don't I always bring it back to COVID, which is good because I promise I'll stop ranting in a few minutes and get to another subject. But I think this is an important subject. I think it is. Because then it came down to COVID, right? And it was, oh, no, the customer can't decide if they're going to wear a mask or not. No, no, we're telling you that you must wear a mask. So we're telling you. This always, this is what really pissed me off the most during the COVID days is that these establishments would say, well, if you don't want to wear a mask, we don't want your business. Now, what kind of a business operation is that? And then what happened? What happened with that attitude of, if you don't want to wear a mask, you're not welcome here. What happened? Half of these places closed, right? They closed. That's what happens when you fuck over the customer, when you think you're better than the customer. You're not. The customer's better than you. That's the way business works. The customer is better than you. They keep you going. You don't keep them going. There are millions of places to eat, right? But if you want your establishment to work, you have to kiss the customer's ass. I understand within reason. There are Karens, you know, and that's another issue total separately. But within reason, you really are at be, the beholden. You're beholden to the customer, not the other way around. But during COVID, it was like, hey, you can't come in here. Okay, great. Then your business is going to perish. And that's what happened. That's why as much as I hated these mandates, I, it was tough for me to feel bad for people who um, complied, you know, for these places that complied. And then they had to close. Then they couldn't make it. What are you going to do? You know, maybe stand up for yourself. Maybe stand up for yourself and listen to the customers instead of other people, maybe the government, and do your job and provide a service. And understand that you need the customer. This is what they don't seem to get. And it's such a common sense idea. You need the customer. The customer doesn't need you. There's another restaurant two feet away. There's another hotel down the block. The customer is what makes your business. That's all I want to say. Be competent and realize where your bread is buttered. 
Realize where your bread is buttered. So speaking of competency, so over the weekend, uh, I'm reading and uh, Twitter as always, and something comes past my feed and I, I had to read it. I had to read it three times, four times, maybe five times here. This was written in by uh, Tyler Durden in uh, Zero Hedge. Has some really good stuff on Zero Hedge. And this is a study out of Israel. Right? And the study out of Israel said that there were zero young, healthy individual deaths of COVID-19 for people under 50. L- let me read that again to you. You're like, what, Mike? What? What? Zero healthy individuals under the age of 50 have died of COVID-19 in Israel. Zero healthy individuals under the age of 50, I'll change the word have, ever died, ever died of COVID-19 in Israel. Zero deceased of 18 to 49 years with no underlying morbidities, the Israel Ministry of Health said, to a formal request from an attorney. Now you're thinking, wait a minute. They never said that over that three-year period. During the three-year period, it never uh, – did you ever read any article that said there were no deaths of people under 50, of healthy people under 50? Have you? Did you ever read that? It's a rhetorical question, but the answer is n- no. No, no. They were telling us that people under 50 were dying in droves. It wasn't just old people. It wasn't just obese people. It wasn't just morbidly obese people. It wasn't just people over 80. Many people under 50 were dying. That's why would you give a no, no, here? Why would you give a vaccine to anyone who's healthy under 50 if nobody under 50 died? Why? Let me ask you, if polio, when polio was around, if they had stats that said no healthy person under 50 has ever gotten polio, would you have gotten the polio vaccine? Would you have made it a point to give it to people under 50 who are healthy if there was zero cases of polio? Of course not. But of course, the answer is they lied. And no, they're not just finding this out now. They knew all along that people, healthy people under 50 were dying because healthy people under 50 obviously never died. So like if if two months into a pandemic, you see that pattern, you go, oh, something might be developing here. If six months into a pandemic, that, that, that pattern continues, you go, wow, we have a real pattern here. If two fucking years into a pandemic, that pattern continues, then you know healthy people under 50 have zero, zero risk of dying of COVID. Did they ever say that? Zero is a very, very clear number and cannot be subject to interpretation. I cannot pronounce the name. I think it's Joav Yezekeli, a specialist in internal medicine and medical management and former lecturer in the Department of Energy, Emergency and Disaster Management at Tel Aviv University in Israel, told the Epic News. Why were all the extreme measures of school closures, vaccination of children and lockdowns needed? He asked. So let me make this clear. 
in case you don't know math, under 50 includes children, okay? Under 50 includes kids who go to school. So <laughs> we closed the schools for, depending where you were, a year, two and a half, a year and a half, almost two years in some places, right? We put out, when I say we, you know I'm talking about me, I'm talking about WHO and the CDC, put out all this stuff about how vaccinating children was so important, right? Mandatory vaccines for anyone uh, two months or two years or older. We saw, we, we saw this over and over again, right? Ads, you must get your children vaccinated, right? Rochelle Walensky, Tony Fauci, Joe Biden, you must get your children vaccinated. Many schools said you have to get the vaccination or you can't go back to school when there was zero deaths. Now, people are saying, well, Israel's not the United States. True, Israel's not the United States, but it's pretty common in a lot of ways. It wasn't like, so it wasn't like the virus killed healthy people under 50 in the United States, but not Israel. That the virus killed people here under 50 who were healthy, but for some reason the virus decided not to do that in Israel. No, no, no. We just haven't done the studies here. We just haven't put out the real numbers here because Fauci and Walensky and Biden and the CDC and the NIH are hiding those numbers. And they finally could not hide them anymore in Israel. But guaranteed those numbers are basically the same here. Basically the same here. And yet look at what we did. Look at what we did. With the lockdowns and the school closures and the vaccination mandates of children. Look at how we destroyed children. Look at how we set back their education two years. Why? To sell a vaccine. To keep people scared. The information was sparked by a freedom of information request filed by attorney Ori Zabi who have been filing several such requests as he seeks to obtain information from the MOH regarding the COVID-19 pandemic and COVID-19 policies. Zabi asked to know the average age of people who died of COVID-19, segmented by vaccination status at the time of death, how many COVID-19 patients with no underlying morbidities under the age of 50 died, and the annual number of cardiac arrest cases between 2018 to 2022, according to the MOH response, the average age of vaccinated COVID-19 patients who died was 80.2 years. The average for the unvaccinated was, oh my God, 77.4 years. The MOH emphasized that the data they have about the underlying disease of patients is partial since it relies on information provided by the patients or their relatives if they chose to do so. And then only in cases in which the MOH conducted an epidemiological investigation. Therefore, the available information does not necessarily reflect the health status of the patient. The MOH wrote that adding they do not have access to patients' medical records. It is not clear why the MOH responded to Zabby's request using only cases where the MOH had conducted an epidemiological investigation and which was limited to deceased patients where the families had cooperated since in 2020, the MOH told the Israeli Knesset, the Israeli parliament, that they use an intelligence system that provides the MOH with extensive information about deceased patients that included underlying diseases. 
Um, it is a bit naive for the MOH to say they do not have the full data and access to death certificates, said Yeza Kelly, who also was a founder of a team that advises the MOH's general director. Yet this response from the MOH is meaningful, said Yeza Kelly, as it finally reveals the truth. It was a definitely a disease that only endangered the elderly. It was definitely a disease that only endangered the elderly, Yeza Kelly said. Over the age of 60, mortality doubled every five years, while under that age, mortality was negligible. And now we really see that it was zero under the age of 50, at least. The MOH's response showed the average age, average age of the COVID-19 deceased is about 80, which also indicates that this is a disease of the elderly almost exclusively, said yes, yes, Kelly. That only means that what we were told for three years was not true, he said. There may have not been many young people who got seriously ill, yet the MOH had emphasized cases of pregnant women hospitalized in critical condition and young healthy people who died because of COVID-19. It was not the truth, he said. It was a lie. They created a false presentation of a very severe epidemic that affects the entire population, and therefore the entire population should also be vaccinated regardless of age. If we're talking about people under the age of 50, that means that no pregnant women actually died of COVID-19, he said. The justification given for vaccinating pregnant women, young people and children was that they are too affected by COVID-19. It was known back then this was not the case, and we now see it clearly. The MOH has lost the public's trust by making a false presentation of the dangers of COVID-19. Now, look, so there you go. So it's not just the CDC. It's not just the NIH. It's not just the WHO. It's also the MOH. It's all these three-letter organizations that lied to us. Now, they didn't lie separately. They got together and decided they were going to lie about this. It wasn't like a coincidence that they all said the same lies. That's not the way this works. That's the way life works. It's just a coincidence. There was no uh, collaboration, corroboration, collusion, right? It just happened to be a coincidence that every three-letter agency said exactly the same lies. No, of course not. They all got together. Remember the conspiracy theory that was, we were, oh, all these organizations are getting together for this great reset, right? And this is part of this great reset. They're going to lie about COVID-19. Oh, what a conspiracy. Look at all the tinfoil hat nut jobs we all are, right? Another conspiracy theory come true. Another conspiracy theory that we all knew was not a conspiracy theory that has now been proven to not be a conspiracy theory. Back uh, on October 8th of 2021, Dr. Sharon Elroy Price, the head of public services at the Israel MOH, said regarding Levy's study, this is one of the biggest fake news things I've ever seen. They were calling this fake news, right? That's what they were doing. They were calling us crazy. They were calling us conspiracy theorists. The National Center for Disease Control did a very comprehensive analysis, including the data of the study, EMS calls. Yet there was nothing, no more cases of heart attacks, no more calls to the ER. 
She continued by saying that in the mortality data from the beginning of 2021, you don't see an increase in mortality except for COVID mortality. That is, if we look at excess mortality in the state of Israel, we see it precisely at the peaks that were peaks of COVID morbidity in the state of Israel. When you remove the morbidity from COVID at all ages, one sees either the same mortality rate as in previous years or less, she said. There was no increase in heart attacks here. So she's talking about this. Uh when you look at the uh, effectiveness and the safety right, of the of the covid vaccines. So. What we can assume from all of this, right, the bullshit about the safety, the bullshit about the effectiveness of the vaccines, the bullshit about how young people were in danger, that this wasn't just about the elderly, that just wasn't this wasn't just about the morbidly obese. This is about everyone. And that's what they acted that's how they acted when it came to COVID-19 and the mandates and the vaccine, right? The vaccine weren't like we we're only doing it for people 60 or older and preferably 60 or older if you're obese or you have pre-existing conditions. That's not how they sold the vaccine because why didn't they do that? Because then 90% of their sales would have gone down the shitter, right? If they said, no, from ages zero to 60, you don't need it. That's a a lot. That's billions and billions and billions and billions of doctors, of of dollars, doctors, doctors and dollars. Right. So they lied. They lied. They knew they couldn't tell the truth. Once again, I want to make it clear. All these things we're finding out now are truth. They knew this was truth all along. Because they were collecting these numbers all along. They saw who was dying and who wasn't dying all along. And they lied about it. Please understand what they did. They said people were dying of COVID when they did when they weren't. And it wasn't like they were it wasn't like thirty people. It wasn't like three hundred people. It wasn't thirty thousand people. It was millions of people they were saying have died of COVID nineteen that never died of anything called COVID nineteen. Can you understand that for a second? Because when people say to me, oh, Mike, you bring up the Holocaust and atrocities and you can't compare it. Once again, I want to tell you what they just did. They said that millions of people died of COVID-19 that never actually died of COVID-19. That's what they did. They lied purposely to sell a vaccine. That's why they lied to sell a vaccine and to put their foot on the accelerator of the Great Reset. That was the whole thing. And they all colluded and they all got together. And now we'll find out exactly when did they get together in January of 2020? They get together in March of 2020? Well, maybe 2017, maybe 2018, maybe 2019. If something like this were to happen, this is what we're going to do. Or maybe we'll make something like this happen. And this is what we're going to do. So this is just touching the surface of this. And now I'll say whatever the fuck I want, because I was right about everything. So nothing is a conspiracy theory that comes out of my mouth. Everything is at least possible, if not probable, which comes out of my mouth. Because I was right all along. Fuck you. So that's what we need to find out now. When did they all get together? When did all these three-letter agencies around the world get together and say this is going to be the game plan? 
This was the game plan. When did it happen? Very important. Did they make it happen? Or was it just a happy chance for them that it happened? This all goes back, of course, to the Wuhan lab and Fauci and Obama and Fauci doing his experimentations and his gain of function that we know he did, regardless of what the old fuckhead says. When did they all decide this was going to be their game plan? When did they all decide that they were going to lie to us like this? Lie to us about people dying of something when they didn't. And what happened to us, what they did to our society, what they did to businesses, small businesses, what they did to the economy, every facet of the economy, what they did to children, their torture, mental torture, physical torture, psychological torture, please, everyone who's involved in this needs to go to jail for life. There are countries that exist where people who did this would face a much worse fate than life in jail. You know, you can visualize what I'm talking about. And maybe in some countries that's what will happen. People who did this here need to go to jail for life. This is where I wish I wasn't against the death penalty. But I got to be consistent. Everyone else isn't. I got to be. So these people need to go to jail for the rest of their natural lives. The people who did this to us need to go to jail for the rest of their natural lives. This is not like, oh, now we're going to find out that we lied to, um, but it's over, so who cares? That's what they're hoping for, you see. And that's part of their discussions, I'm sure. You know, these aren't dumb people. They're shrewd, evil, satanic people. But they're not dumb people. And so they knew that eventually, would it be two years, three years, five years, ten years, whatever, the, the truth is going to get out. You can't hide the truth forever. But their hoping is the more the time passes, the more people will say, ah, all right, ah, ah, ah. I'm tired of COVID, uh, let, it go. let it go. No, not let it go. Put them in fucking jail. They must be held accountable. And that brings us back to the topic of the next year and a half whether you like it or not, is, it, is the election. And who, who is going to hold these people accountable the most? Okay, Biden, forget it. We know that's out. Trump, forget it. He keeps touting the vaccine. He keeps touting Operation Warp Speed. He's the one who put Fauci front and center and does not want to admit it was a mistake. He never talks about accountability. I haven't seen one Trump speech since he decided to run for re-election 20 years ago, although he hasn't been campaigning much because he's old and out of it, but the times he has had campaigns and gone to do rallies, I don't hear him talking about accountability. Not once. Because maybe he's one of the people who need to be held accountable. And he'd be admitting that Operation Morph Speed was horseshit. And hurt and killed people. Ron DeSantis absolutely, constantly was right when everyone else was wrong. He was a Mike Contrapoli and, and Daniel and other people, not just me, of governors who got it right when everyone else was getting it wrong. And he's constantly talking about bringing accountability. 
RFK Jr. I hear him on the vaccine. He was probably even more right than Ron DeSantis because he's been, look, it was a wheelhouse thing for him, right? Because he's been against vaccines a lot, autism, whatever it may be, and just general vaccinations of children. And the constant adding of another vaccine to the schedule where like children are getting 10 times as many vaccines as they did 20, 30 years ago. So he's been against that. He's been against this big pharma cash cow of the vaccine. And so this was in his wheelhouse, right? So he was even more against the vaccine than anyone else. And at first he talked about no accountability. Now he changed his tune on that. Remember, we all got on his case and he changed his tune almost overnight saying, no, no, those who lied and we can, we can prove they lied. There needs to be accountability. So you got a couple of people there, right? In RFK Jr. and DeSantis who are much more likely. There's no guarantee. Both of them could drop it. You don't know, but there's much more likely, right? It's more probable that they will carry through with accountability on this than Biden or Trump or any of the nominees in either party. I've never heard Marianne Williamson talking about accountability. I've never heard of any other Republican running. You could correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe Ramaswamy has. I'm not sure. Um, but I haven't heard much from the other nominees, uh, the other uh, candidates about accountability. So I think we can maybe look at RFK Jr. and DeSantis, right? Now, it's very important, not that I'm a one-issue guy, but here I am. I want accountability. I don't care. I don't care where you are on abortion. I don't care where you are on birth control, the economy, immigration, guns, Ukraine. I don't give a shit. I want accountability. That's my number one most important issue. And if you're talking about accountability, I'm going to listen to you. And if you're not talking about accountability, go away. You have no chance to get my support. You have no chance to get my endorsement. You have zero chance to get my vote. I want accountability. There must be accountability because if there's not, and I've said this a million times, it'll happen again. It'll happen again. If I'm going to go back to the Holocaust again, sorry. If there was no accountability, Hitler had gotten away with it, if all those guards had gotten away with it, it's much more likely to happen again because people, someone like Hitler would say, look, there was no accountability. People let it happen and there was no punishment after. That's it. Let's do it again. Why not? Get away. with? We can get away with mass genocide. But you see, there was accountability. Hitler ended up killing himself in his bunker next to his sweetheart. And all these, all those guards who said we were just following orders if we found them, it didn't matter if they were 90 years old, 40 years later, we put them in jail. Understand that. So people who are saying, oh, let Fauci go, he's 80. Let this one go, he's 80. No, we didn't let the 80-year-old prison guards go. When they escaped and they went into, a, you know, obscurity in some town in maybe this country or some other small town, they were hiding away and no one knew who they were. We hunted them down and we got them. Doesn't matter how many years passed. There has to be accountability or it'll happen again. And even if it's not in our lifetime, so what? We don't want it to ever happen again to anybody. So they need to go back 
into the history books like we do with the Nazis and say there was accountability. These people were persecuted and prosecuted and, sh and, and, and shit on. And we told people how awful and, and satanic these people are. That's what we need to do. It has to be written in the history books and there has to be accountability and accountability comes in the form of jail time. Right. That's how we hold criminals accountable in this country. Jail time. They have to go to jail. And I guarantee you there are many great, you know, there are probably some a couple of good district attorneys out there. I know that we always talk about the shitty ones. It's not going to be brought by Alvin Bragg, all right? It's not going to be brought by a big city, a big Democrat-run city, DA. Of course not. It's not going to be brought by Brooke Jenkins here in San Francisco. But there's got to be some really good legal mind prosecutors out there who can connect the dots and prove lies. Prove it. Prove they lied. They knew they were lying, and they lied anyway. And there is your prosecution. There is where you get prosecutions and convictions. Because there are plenty of people in this country who, plenty of juries who are just ready to put people in jail for this. They do exist. Maybe not in New York or San Francisco, but in most of the cities in this country, the normal places, they're ready to put these people in jail. They're ready to make them pay for what they did to our lives. And that's what has to happen. No one under 50 who was healthy died. No one under 50. You say that, you said that on Twitter in, let's say, July of 2020, immediately your account's gone. 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 Of course, that's the old guard. It's not Elon Musk. Zuckerfuck, same thing with Facebook. You say that in uh, August of 2021, you're gone. Your account's gone. No one under 50 who was healthy died of COVID. Your account is gone. Jail. Daniel, I don't want to put you in jail because you were right. There is there is so many of us that were right, and it was it was the easiest thing in the world to be right. Um, from from the severity of the the coronavirus infection, which we knew from very 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 early on. By January of uh, 2020, uh, we knew that that only people that were very sick, very old, died from this virus. We also knew before anyone ever thought about creating an mRNA vaccine that uh, coronaviruses were extremely, extremely difficult to make vaccines for. We the first isolated coronavirus was was some wasn't somewhere place until early 60s. And it uh, wasn't too long after that to be when they tried to create live and attenuated virus uh, uh, vaccines for these viruses. And it was found out very, very, very quickly that you couldn't do it for coronaviruses. They mutated too fast. They escaped the vaccines too quickly. And so now if someone comes along in 2019 and tells us, oh, we're going to make a vaccine to one antigenic protein on the surface. Of the, of the virus capsid, and we expect that to be successful when the vaccines for attenuated viruses couldn't, I mean, the attenuated virus vaccines, they can react to the entire capsid to multiple proteins, and they pick just one. And I mean, it's, and then, and then the whole media sold us on this, this strange, bizarre notion that 
oh, they just discovered the spike protein or something, so now we can use it to make an, a, a vaccine against it. New news, spike protein on coronaviruses from the 1960s. For God's sakes, they just invented this whole idea of a novel virus and novel parts of it and a novel method to, to combat it when we knew from the very beginning that it was going to fail. No doubt about it, it was going to fail. You're right about everything you say, and we've been talking about this for a long time, the last couple of years on here. But the question is, once again, we keep on finding out more and more about the lies, that they were worse and worse, right? More egregious, more egregious, more egregious. This now, obviously, is one of the most egregious ones, that no one under 50 who was healthy, which is, of course, if you're under 50, you have a much better chance of being healthy than 80, died of COVID. And, and, and it's like, I talk about the story. A couple of people shared on, on Twitter. You know, Dr. Hamadi um, was very interested to hear about it. Wasn't surprised because he knew the truth. And yet, where's – do you see it on CNN? Do you see this on ABC? Is anyone doing interviews? Is anyone calling any of these people on the carpet? Is anyone in the mainstream calling for these people's scalps? No. Of course no they're not. That's not no what one. the mercenary media's job is anymore. That's not what a mercenary's job is. Oh, a mercenary's, the mercenary's job is to fight for their employer. And their employer isn't the people. Their employer isn't the public interest. But what would it take for people to wake up? Do we have to find evidence that no one at all died of COVID-19? That the whole thing, everything about it, even though most of it was a huge scam. If the whole fucking thing in general was a huge scam, would people then care? Would they care how they were fucked over for three years? Uh, it's amazing. This, this, this question you're asking, what would it take for people to wake up? Think of what happened to people. We, you couldn't, you, you, people's children, for God's sake, were kept out of school for a year and a half. If, if that doesn't wake up people, if your children's education getting so severely disrupted doesn't wake people, people up, forget about the fact that businesses were lost. God's gazillions of businesses were lost. Forget about the fact that you couldn't go into a bar or a restaurant without uh, proving that you're vaccinated. People's children. People's children were kept out of school for over a year, a year and a half. People's children were forced to get a shitty vaccine in order to attend colleges and universities across this country. And what people didn't wake up, Mike, they so many of them just fell in line because they are they're branded. They are brand. They have a political brand right on their fucking back and, and they will not stray off of that ranch, no matter what you fucking do to them, you can kill all of their offspring and they are going to stay right on the fucking ranch. Yeah, I mean, that's what's the most depressing. How, how sub, we've talked, I've used this word before, but how submissive are people that they would allow this to be done to them by people to their they don't children? Even, they don't, yeah, by people they don't even know, total strangers who they've never even met, never will meet. And just allow it to happen and then just say, OK, well, maybe the, the ones who are even half conscious say, OK, maybe we were fucked over. The other half are like, oh, no, it, it needed to be done. Right. They still believe all that needed to be done. These people are so submissive and weak to allow this to be done, not just to you, like you said, but to your children. 
and not be out there now. Not be out there now. I don't even mean figuratively. I mean literally with, with pitchforks and torches and going to get retribution. I don't understand it. I, I don't get it. And it's because that is the truth, which is why they can do this again. We have a very, very well-funded media, um, a very, 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 very well-funded industrial censorship complex in this country now that we have now seen clearly over the last three years. It was there before that, but it wasn't as clear to us as it has been over the last three years about what the fourth estate is up to. The fourth estate is worthless. It's worthless to the people. Um, I hated it when Trump got called the media the enemy of the people, because I, I, I really thought and wanted the fourth state to serve that function, which the founders of our country intended it to serve. But they didn't. They became these vile mercenaries serving only the interest of the mega wealthy, of big pharma, of the, of the military industrial complex, of the medical industrial complex. They serve the people no longer. Freedom of speech as exercised by the fourth estate is worthless now. We're going to have to count on citizen reporters. We're going to have to count on the fifth estate through social media, platforms like Twitter, etc., to get out the truth via individuals, um, individuals who are always who did the legwork anyway when journalism was real journalism. Um, so the fourth estate is dead. Long live the fifth estate. Um, yeah, Mike, there's until there is accountability, my my mind will never rest. Um, this son of a bitch, Gavin Newsom, if it was not for him, my father would still be alive today, most likely. And I, I want that face, I want that son of a bitch to meet me face to face and talk to me and stop being such a fucking coward <clears throat> and meet people like me and their families and stop being a fucking coward. Stop pretending that he didn't do so much goddamn harm. Him and Como in New York, who forced people out of, out of into nursing homes that were very, very frail people, frail people in the hospitals, the exact type of person that was at any risk at all due to COVID, puts them in nursing homes where they're in crowded conditions and, and why? So, so New York had this phenomenal rate of COVID deaths compared to other, other states. Yep. That son of a bitch and Newsom, that son of a bitch, <clears throat> yeah. they need to stand before the people. They need to stand not before the people, but specific people whose families they harmed. And they need to listen and they need to hear our pain, our suffering, whether it's with respect to our children, our businesses our livelihoods, our liberties, every one of those things. Yeah. They walked all over every one of those things, trampled them for nothing more than what has amounted to the common cold. That is what coronavirus always has been, is a common cold. And it barely rose above that, barely rose above that during this COVID hysteria. I agree. And yet you have the California Democratic Party over the weekend talking about how they are the at their at their conference talk about California. I mean, the, these people have the fucking balls, male and female to and they and them. I'm sure there were plenty of those at that convention stand there and say California 
including Newsom, of course, the hair gel king. California is the state of freedom, not Florida. Can you believe this? Can you believe the, 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 the unmitigated balls on these people? They know that the mercenary media is just going to repeat as though it is gospel, as though it is true, their words. And so that is why they do it. They, they, they know they're gaslighting. They don't care. They know it's going to be repeated. That's what they're out there for. That's what they're doing is they want repetition of their message. The mercenary media is going to do it for them. Of course, that's what they're going to say. Uh, Daniel, I think we are going to have our, our we're going to have the last laugh, I believe, in November of next year. And I think after that will come true accountability like they've never seen before. I truly believe that, you know, we might have to wait another year and a half, but I think, and just think about all we're going to learn, all the other lies we're going to learn about over the next year and a half that I think, I think the accountability is going to be epic. I think we just need patience. And I, I don't think that's just me being optimistic. I think this is what will happen. I think you're correct. And I think the best chances of that happening um, have arisen in the last um, six months or so uh, with the uh, um, candidacy of Ron DeSantis and uh, Robert F um, Fitzgerald Kennedy Jr. Um, the, those two people who are, are making real strong inroads um, and, and have really good campaigns, those two people aren't going to let this issue die. That's for damn sure. I agree. And, and there's going to be um, because of those two people, there's going to be a lot of, if, if either one of them uh, becomes president, there's going to be a whole lot of sunshine that's going to sh be shown into these dark chambers where there may have not have been people meeting in back rooms to make these deals, but there sure was a conspiracy of interest. I still think, and I think you'll agree with me, and this is probably the biggest difference when it comes to me making a decision. Uh, between RFK, which I won't have to make the decision because the Democrats won't let him get past the primary. But if I had to make the decision, you know, I, I think that Ron DeSantis, um, maybe it's a part of his personality, wants retribution more. He wants to get Fauci. Remember, he's the one who talked about chucking Fauci across the Potomac. RFK Jr. would never say such a thing. But it's that difference just that desire to make sure these people are punished for what they did. Plus, remember, DeSantis was a governor during this whole thing. And they all these people were constantly pounding on him and saying how horrible he was and how he was killing everybody in Florida. And it was death. Remember, they're the ones who called him Death Santis. So I think he has more skin in the game than RFK Jr. does because he was a target of their animosity and their lies. I think he is more likely to go after them. I don't know about that. Um, RFK wrote a book called The Real Anthony Fauci, and uh, he wants this guy um, uh, in the gallows just as much as Ron DeSantis does, it, or maybe even more. Um, I don't it's know. not just him, though. It's all these other people as well. I mean, it's not just the, Fauci. The, 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 yeah. problem, the problem with, with RFK, um, despite that I have tremendous respect for, 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 for this man, um, is that he's a Democrat. And he is going to, if he's a Democrat, he is going to, whether he's going to face fierce opposition from Democrats, 
um, to getting anything done on this on this issue. Well, that's a that's a good point. Where, where DeSantis won't have to worry about that. Yeah, DeSantis will be, and and I mean, so if if RFK, you you will have those Republicans that are just going to for the just because RFK is a Democrat, they'll oppose them. Whether you know if it's COVID stuff, the stuff that we that we want to see accountability for, they'll be opposing him just because he's Democrat. That's 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 reprehensible. And I would be super, super, super upset with any uh, Republican that did such a thing. But it's going to happen. And, and that is a big reason to, to not vote for RFK is because you're but but if it's DeSantis. Yeah, I think you expect the entire Republican Party to get high, behind accountability and a big, big part of the uh, Democratic Party by then as well. Well, you're right, though. RFK have to worry about his own party bucking that. Right? Yeah, exactly. They, Where, they, they think. Yeah. I mean, this is like the fucking mob. And one Don wants to go straight or something, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think the others are going to do? But you make a very good point. It's going to be a lot of horse heads in beds. You make <laughs> Yeah. Well, horse heads. Yeah. Yeah. Fauci kind of looks like a horse a little bit. He's got kind of a horse head, doesn't he's, he? Yeah, he's got a yeah. horse face. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got, got the horse face kind of, kind of going horse. on for him. Kind of a horse head. You know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, give, I'm not trying to give anybody any ideas. I'm just saying he's got like a horse head. That's all. Yeah. He looks like it a little bit. That's all. He's got, he's yeah. got a horse face, weasel face combo thing going yeah. on. Yeah. Exactly. There's, there's beady, there's beady little close set eyes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Anything else you wanted to say? No, Maybe. I can't believe I'm talking about Anthony's anti Fauci's beady little weasel eyes. And that's going to be my high point that I'm going out on. But good. So. it's a good point. It's a good high point. I like it. Daniel, thanks. Yeah. Yep. Thanks for the call. Of course. So s- sticking on the COVID and uh, failures during the COVID t- uh, years, uh, an, a little opinion piece was written in the in the post um, because there's one guy you mentioned him. Daniel mentioned him, but we've kind of forgotten about him because he couldn't keep his dick in his pants and he was tossed out. So he hasn't been in office in a while. The Wicked Witch of the East took over for him. But the article in the Post is titled Privilege Cuomo could write if I did it about nursing home deaths and still face zero consequences. So here we are talking about no consequences. All right. So this is uh, Adam Coleman in the Post over the weekend. One of the more disturbing truths I've begrudgingly accepted is there's a class of individuals who will never get appropriately punished for their crimes or their negligence that destroyed lives. This is exactly we've been talking about, right? People like me can't go without getting a ticket because we parked on the wrong side of the street on the wrong day. But these people can leave behind a trail of human devastation and sleep comfortably at night knowing nothing will come of it. This tear has been smothered in the nectar of affluence, gallivance amongst America's commercial aristocrats and government royalty and sneers at grieving commoners' trivial concerns, Andrew Cuomo, prince to the former king of New York, Mario Cuomo, and former holder of the throne himself, recently had his ivory tower disturbed by members of Congress probing his handling of the pandemic's most vulnerable population and the deaths that resulted from his decision to place COVID-positive patients back in nursing homes. That your testimony is important to uncover the circumstances and policies which led to the death of more than 15,000 New York nursing home residents during your tenure. The House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic Chairman Brad Wenstrup 
wrote the ex-governor. In response to his request for testimony, documentation and communications related to the nursing home mandate, Cuomo's spokesman told the Post, there's nothing more than another transparent political attempt to weaponize people's pain to further a craven partisan agenda. Boy, I wonder how long they had to work on that little uh, nugget of bullshit. He blathered the inconvenient facts left us out that New York's health department was one of at least 11 that issued similar guidance, including Utah, Florida, and Indiana, which itself was modeled on CMS guidelines. If this wasn't another Trump-style blue state deflection, they'd be looking at Ron DeSantis and every other state as well. The response from Cuomo's team is not a denial of his actions, but a realization of them because other governors were doing it too, except DeSantis didn't. That little nugget there. Remember, regular people, when you get pulled over by a cop for speeding, saying other people were speeding too isn't exactly a valid defense. But for the top of the upper crust like Cuomo, that's a sufficient tactic to escape responsibility. Politicians are allergic to accountability anyway. So this type of deflection is no surprise. I'm going to stop here for a second. So this is like saying that, once again, I'm going back to the Holocaust. If I were another leader of another country, right, and I did the same thing that Hitler was doing at around the same time, and people came and said, my God, you're an evil son of a bitch. You're a social. What? What are you talking? He, Hitler's doing it. Why can't I do it? That's their justification for this. That other people, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, Newsom was doing it too. He killed, he killed a few thousand elderly people. So why are you coming to me for? I was just doing what he was doing. Oh, God, these people. Cuomo, I'll go back to the article. Cuomo even declared in an interview this week, he doesn't regret his pandemic policies, including the deadly nursing home mandate. Nor does he regret writing a book for five million bucks about his leadership during the crisis while people died due to his decision making. Asked point blank whether he testified to Congress, he gave a very slippery response. I'm not going to play any more political games that exploit people's pain, he said. There are no questions that haven't been studied and answered by prosecutors and health organizations over and over and over. I've accepted that people like Cuomo reside on a different tier of legality and liability than little old me. But this also means I'm forced to accept that no form of real justice will ever be given to the families of some of the 15,000 who passed away due to Cuomo's negligence. Politicians like Cuomo during the pandemic stood mighty tall in front of the cameras while flexing their government muscle and vehemently demanding obedience to their whimsical dictates to supposedly save lives. But they cower behind the excuses of flawed protocols and manipulate data sheets when instead people died. His top advisor admits the state hid the true death toll, fearing it would be used against us by federal prosecutors. If it were to keep it real, even if Cuomo participated in his own prosecution, nothing would ever come of it. Cuomo could personally hand over the smoking gun document showing that he covered up the numbers and was well aware of what was happening, but chose to continue. Nothing will happen. Cuomo could write an O.J. Simpson style book called If I Did It, and he wouldn't suffer any repercussions, but it would make the New York Times bestseller list. You can believe that. Cuomo's far too powerful, connected, and wealthy to face any 
lasting consequences for his decisions as the ruler of New York. I stopped expecting our oligarchs to get the same justice as the rest of us because I realized the more power someone has, the more grace they're given for their misdeeds. They're the most powerful people in the world, but simultaneously the most unaccountable when their arm of power extends too far. When commoners die from the actions of the upper crust, the latter might get sued. When commoners die from the actions of their peers, the latter lose their freedom. That's a great piece. Adam Coleman, he also wrote a book called Black Victim to Black Victor and founded of Wrong Speak Publishing. You can follow him on Substack, Adam B. Coleman, C-O-L-E-M-A-N dot Substack. So Adam is a little more negative than I am, right? And Daniel was. He doesn't think there'll be any accountability. And he makes some good points as there probably won't be because these are the oligarchs. These are these connected. These are the liberal elites who never face any consequences. They're always able to blame something else. They're always able to blame other people who do the same things as they do. They're always able to blame the data, right? They're always able to manipulate the data and whatever they have to do to get out of things. While the rest of us, as as Adam says, we can't do that. We can't do that. So this is also the hypocrisy of people like Bernie Sanders and the progressives. Oligarchs, the oligarchs, we have to go after the oligarchs, the people with all the power, we have the power. And yet when it comes to this, you don't hear Bernie Sanders or progressives talking about going after these people, going after these wealthy, elitist, liberal oligarchs who get away with breaking laws that the rest of us would never be able to get away with. Where are they now? Where are they now talking about the elites and the connected and the wealthy getting breaks that no one else gets? You know, Bernie, it's not just economic, sweetheart. It's not just economic. Where is he? Where are they? They're hypocrites. They're nowhere to be found. Like over the last three and a half years, they've been nowhere to be found. They've been cowering, cowering under the cold. I don't want to get that cold. That's where they've been. Weasels, weak weasels. That's what they are. Anyway, how was your Memorial Day weekend? It's now officially over here as we get just past midnight Pacific time. I have not seen one real honest thing come out of the Democratic Party in the last three years. Nothing, not one honest person. It's impossible. How? Once again, we talk about cults and I've talked about the cult of Trump over and over again, and it is a cult. It's a cult. I mean, I was just watching. I'm not watching Fox News anymore because I couldn't take Trump 24-7 ass kissing. So I went to Newsmax. And that lasted about three days because this morning I'm watching and I don't know who she is. I mean, let's face it. Newsmax is a bunch of nobodies. They don't have the, the cachet that Fox News has. Not yet anyway. And this individual, whoever the hell she is who's doing the show there on, on Monday morning, says, when I come back from break, uh, a message for Ron to say, oh, she called herself a, this is what she called herself, a, a Trump mom. What the fuck's a Trump mom? What does that mean? It sounds sexual and disgusting, but they go, a Trump mom. So anyway, so they come back from break 
And she goes, this is my message. Look into the teleprompter. Read, baby. Read it. What a talent it must be to read out of a fucking teleprompter. What a talent. And into the teleprompter she looks, and she looks in the teleprompter very seriously and says, she goes through a litany of things that Ron DeSantis has done great. Oh, you did the right thing during COVID. You were a great economy. It's a great education. Everything you've done is right. Your policies are great. Conservative, a wonderful man. But you shouldn't be running. It's Trump's time. This was her actual <laughs> defense for Donald Trump. This was her pitch, her political pitch, that no matter how great I believe Ron DeSantis is, no matter how many things he's actually accomplished over the last three years, it's not his time. It's Trump. This is this is what a sick cult this Trump cult is. This is what a sick cult it is. It's it's an 80-year-old fucking fat, obese piece of shit's time. It's not the time for a 44-year-old war veteran who has turned a purple state into a red state with one accomplishment after another. No, it's the time of a fat, obese 80-year-old who spends 95% of his fucking time golfing looking like a fat fuck with those white outfits he wears. It's his time. How, how indoctrinated into a cult do you have to believe that it's an 80-year-old white man's time to be president who was just fucking president for four years and lost to another 80-year-old dementia patient? It's his time. It's not the 44-year-old good-looking war veteran with a million fucking accomplishments over the last 36 months. It's not his time. It's the 80-year-old washed-up wannabe who lost to Hillary Clinton by 3 million votes, lost to Joe Biden by 7 million votes. Joe Biden got the most votes for president in the history of our country against him. It's his time. How do you believe it's his time? How do you believe it's his time? Look, I can maybe twist and turn and think that maybe if the, his his major opponent was also 80, that you could believe it's his time. But how with 80-year-old Trump against 44-year-old DeSantis, can you truly believe that 2024 is the 80-year-old man's time? And then she goes on to say this bullshit. He he drained the swamp. The swamp was drained. What swamp was drained with Bolton in his cabinet? What swamp was drained with Mnuchin in his can, cabinet? What swamp was drained for four years by Donald Trump? The swamp got about 80 feet deeper under Donald Trump. They make up accomplishments that never happened. The economy was better. The economy would be better under my ass than Joe Biden. Who cares? These people are insane. They're insane. Insane. But it's a cult. It's a cult. Jim Jones wants the best for us. Jim Jones is great, man. I love Jim Jones. Jim, man, he's just so real and happening. And I tell you, he says things that no one else ever says. Oh, man, he's so zen. You got to listen to the man. That's what this is. It's a cult. So you can't really talk. I try, you know, I'm, I'm crazy myself. I try to talk sense to a cult. You cannot 
talk sense to a cult. It's impossible. But I'm so tired of hearing it. Why would you put cult members on television? Would you give a cult member a $20 million contract to go on and talk about how great Jim Jones is? It's because once again, the people who are running these networks are as nutty as the people they hire. They're as into the cult as the people they hire. They're all part of the same cult. That's why these people get on television. That's why these people get millions of viewers and, uh, you know, $20 million into their bank account every fucking year. More money than most people will make in their fucking lifetimes. That's why, because they're all. It's the same cult. And whether it's the cult of Democrat or the cult of Trump, there are so many similarities that they can't deal with reality, with facts. And they say things that are just to anyone who's not in the cult. It's like you're talking like a foreign language that makes zero sense. It's Trump's time. It's Trump's time over DeSantis. This is why they believe it's Trump's time. And I've said this many times before. I'll try to I'll try to translate the cult speak because they want revenge. They think he's going to get his revenge against Democrats. So what they're saying is they'll never say they'll never say the last half of the sentence. It's his time because we want revenge. Through all these Democrats like Alvin Bragg and the Justice Department who have gone after him. And I don't agree with a lot of those things either. But there's more important things in this country than Donald J. Trump getting his fucking revenge. That lasts about two minutes. Then they get off and the high's gone. Then what for four years? Then what? You can get your revenge through Ron DeSantis. Believe me, these people who went after Trump, they don't want Ron DeSantis to be president even more than they don't want Donald Trump to be president because he's a true conservative, Ron DeSantis. Trump isn't. They don't want Ron DeSantis. Look, that woman, remember that crazy woman who was at Inauguration Day in, in uh, 2016, remember? 2017, she screamed. Remember she, oh! obviously lesbian woman she screamed on her knees it's iconic right it's iconic for lunacy they'll do the same that person will scream the same scream if Rhonda's actually that person people like that may scream even more if Ron DeSantis is like now follow me here because he's gone after their woke agenda much more than Donald Trump has I don't think Donald Trump agrees with that woke agenda but he hasn't gone after it the way Don, Ron DeSantis is, right? Ron DeSantis has gone after the extreme gay agenda. He's gone after the extreme trans agenda. So psychos like Rachel Maddow, Russia Maddow, and nervous Chris Hayes and the actor Lauren Soldado on MSNBC have gotten those people, those viewers, so ginned up into believing that Ron DeSantis is like, remember, don't say gay, he's anti-gay, he's anti-trans, that these people will go insane if he's elected. They'll scream just as loud, if not louder, on inauguration day in 2025, as they would if it was Donald Trump. So you can get your revenge, you little Trump cultists, but it's got to be through Ron DeSantis. And you're not going to get your revenge through Trump anyway, because he'll lose to Biden. He will lose again to the 81 million vote man. He might get 85 million votes this time. So you're not going to get your revenge anyway. In fact, you're going to get more egg on your face when 82-year-old you know, melted brain Biden beats Donald Trump again. But I know, Mike, stop. You're banging your head against the wall. They're a cult. They're a cult, and they're not going to listen to you.
So what happens? What are you going to do? We just got to beat them, right? You have to defeat the cult, right? Like Waco, I guess, that unfortunate incident. You have to defeat the cult. That's all. You got to go through them and beat them. And then once you beat them, once you beat them, then the cult will, you know, Trump loses, the cult's gone. He, he's finished. So that's what we have to do. We just, I try to appeal. I try to, I want to be the nice guy. I want to be the logical guy. Uh, I want to give them facts. But it's a cult and it's not going to happen. So we'll just have to defeat them. And I believe we will. I believe we will. Let's see. Wacko, Waco, Wacko. Isn't this amazing that it sounds like Wacko? Right? It's one letter missing, right? That's odd. Very odd. You wonder if some things are planned. You wonder if some things are planned. Anyway, uh, we haven't had one of these in a while. This is a patented uh, little update I like to do. But you know what? He's t- he- <laughs> oh, God. Good old Shaft. Mayor Shaft. <laughs> anyone heard what he's done over the weekend but this is a patented and let's be heard mayor shaft update play it baby play it Come on, Isaac. This is from 1971, the year I was born. Hey, I might have been born to this music, right? Procreation might have happened. I should ask my parents. All right, enough of that for now. Okay, all right, let's see. Uh... So this is Mayor Shaft, Democratic mayor. Like, they have to tell me. I, I, I'm reading a Fox News article, but they have to tell me. Democratic mayor. No, Republican mayor. Okay, Democratic mayor Eric Adams has banned weight discrimination in New York City, which is licking their chops, licking their chops. Adams signed a controversial bill on Friday outlawing discrimination based on a person's weight and height in employment, housing, and public accommodations. Here comes the statement. Here comes his incredible statement. I'm a person that believes in health. So when you talk about not discriminating against someone because of their body type, it's not fighting against obesity. It's just being fair. So I think this is the right thing to do, he continued. We're going to continue to talk about our progressive health agenda. Hey, the progressive health. How did that work out for the last three years, buddy? Science. Here he goes. Science has shown body type is not a connection to if you're healthy or unhealthy. I want to read this again. I want to read this again. Daniel, I know this is really touching a nerve. If you want to come back again and talk about this. Please do, or if anybody does. Science has shown body type is not a connection to if you're healthy or unhealthy. And I think that's a misnomer. We are really dispelling. (laughs) The Democrats, the Democrats, though the good old Democrats, they believe in science when it's convenient, right? 
Science to them is just global warming. That's all of science. Global warming. The world is coming to an end. Every 20 years, the world's going to end. Never does. But every 20 years, the world's going to end. Science to them is wear a mask. The, the virus will go away. Science to them is get that vaccine. The, the, the vaccine, the, the disease will go away. Science to them is lock it up, go inside, don't come out. And the, and the, the, um, the, the germs will just go away. This is science, the Democrats. They showed that's their science. That's their science they put on the table the last three. Now, Democrat science says if you're a fat fuck, you're not unhealthy. I'm sorry. I don't mean to make fun of fat people. But 95% of fat people are fat because they want to be fat because they can't stop fucking eating. Or they don't want to work out or they want to eat shitty McDonald's and American food with trans, trans fat. Yes, trans fat is still bad. I know it's not woke, but trans fat is still bad. <clears throat> it's, 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 it's absolutely shocking to me that we have a, a mayor of New York City, 8 million fucking people, the largest city in this country, saying that there's no connection between obesity and being unhealthy. There's no, there's no connection between body weight and health. And he says this with total conviction. Total conviction. What does this have to do with weight discrimination anyway? What is weight discrimination? What has it been legal for me to say, I'm not hiring you to do this job because you're fat? What has it ever been legal for me to say? When? When? Here, here's more common sense that Democrats don't want to. Democrats have no common sense. Here's common sense. You want to be overweight and have a desk job? You want to sit there and be a stockbroker and be fat? You want to sit there and be a techie and be fat? You want a nine-to-five desk job where you take up the whole fucking chair? That's your business. Who cares? What boss is going to care if you have a great mind and you do your job? You think you're a boss? Wait a minute. This is America. Your boss is probably fat. They don't care. However... You cannot be fat and be a cop. You can't be fat and be a cop. This is common sense. You know what fat cops do who can't, on their feet, catch a criminal? They shoot him in the fucking back. That's a fact. They get frustrated and they shoot someone because they can't catch them. So would liberals prefer that a fat cop shoot a black kid in the back because they can't catch them? Or would they prefer the cop look like Brad Pitt and could tackle the black kid. Which do they prefer? Because this is like the real world. This happens because these cops get frustrated that they can't catch these criminals and so they use their fucking gun. You can't be fat and be a cop. Go to Israel. Try to see fat cops in Israel. Look for fat military people in Israel. Try to find that in France. Hell, I live in Canada. I live in Canada. <clears throat> Even the Canadian, whatever they, what do they call them? The ones that ride the horses, the Mounties, they are in great shape. You go to Georgia, Florida, take a look at the state police. Take a look at them. I remember I was driving, I was riding, I was a kid. My family took a ride from we went from New York to Florida. And I think we were speeding in Georgia or something. My stepfather was speeding. And I just remember <laughs> the Georgia Highway Patrol guy coming up to the car. 
This guy was so tall and like buff that all I could see, I'm a kid, it's a different perspective, but all I remember seeing as a kid is his belt buckle. I, I didn't see anything above that. It was his belt buckle at the window. And I remember thinking, God, this is a cop. This is a cop. This is the kind of physical human being I want to be a cop. Women too, if you're in good shape, who cares? But the idea that we can have fat cop, nothing disgusts me more than walking in the streets and seeing a freaking cop with the belly over his gun belt. It's hanging over, it's disgusting, blob, hanging over the gun belt. And all I can think to myself is, I'm sorry, how is he going to catch a, a, a criminal, a 19-year-old criminal running? How? The answer is he's not. The answer is the criminal is going to either get away or in some instances they're going to do things more lethal they shouldn't have to do if they could catch them. There are certain jobs. This is just common sense. You need to be in shape. Not an office job. In fact, not 90% of jobs. You want a fat fireman? Do you want a fat fireman coming in to save you? A fat fireman with your building on fire? Do you have a sea fat fireman? I've never seen a fat fireman. There are certain jobs that you need to be in shape. Look, for the police and fire jobs, especially firemen, the, the six-month boot camp, if you will, they go through, you can't be, you can't be, unless they're letting you off the hook, unless they're grading you on a scale, you know, whatever it may be on a curve, you can't pass those things being overweight, because those jobs require you being in shape. God, I'm reminded of Full Metal Jacket with Lee Ermey with D'Onofrio when he was fat. You're thinking, my God, you know, it's like you feel bad, but also it's hilarious at the same time in a very dark way because this guy is just fat and he wants to go fight Vietnam. You, there are certain things you need to be in shape for yourself, for your own health. Right? Who wants a cop running and getting a heart attack when they're running after somebody? Which will happen, and I'm sure it has. Sure, I'm sure it has. So this is just common sense. What is the need for this law? I have never heard. Once again, this is just, as the New York Post editorial board says, a bill as a fat gift to New York City's bottom-feeding legal sharks. New York City Council, Republican New York City Council member Joe Borelli said the law could open the floodgates for people to sue anyone and everything. I'm overweight, but I'm not a victim, Borelli said. No one should feel bad for me except my struggling shirt buttons. This is exactly what this is. It's the mayor of New York City saying, hey, ambulance chasers, come one, come all. Now, everyone... Overweight in this country? Daniel, you brought this up. What's the percentage? Half? So everyone who's a pound overweight is going to say they were discriminated against. That's why they were fired. There's no need for this law. There's no need. Common sense. No one was being denied. No one who's qualified was being denied an office job where you get your Subway sandwich. And, I, 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 this is my personal experience day. When I was young, I'd go to work with my father. My father was a stockbroker on Wall Street. So I was a kid. This is the late 70s, early 80s. 
He used to bring me to work. He used to bring me to work. And uh, his partner was a heavy guy, right? Big guy, Yankee fan, big guy. And every day there was a Subway sandwich. By the way, Subway sandwiches were the best. It, not Subway, Blimpy, Blimpy. Blimpy was before Subway. It was very big in New York. I'm not sure if they had them out here. But Blimpy was across the street. And I remember this guy, I think his name was Mike, same as mine, <laughs> would bring to work, he'd go get a huge foot-long tuna. And he'd eat the huge, you know, you know that mayonnaise tuna coming out of the sides, oozing out of the sides. But as a kid, I thought it looked great. I'm like, oh, this looks delicious. But every day he'd have something like that, like a foot-long God knows how many thousands of calories uh, sandwich. But he was great at what he did. No one was like, we're going to fire Mike because he's heavy. It's so stupid. If you're making money for your boss, if you're good at what you do, they don't care if you're 150 pounds or 300 pounds. As long as you can do your job. And an office job, it doesn't matter. But you can't be a cop. You can't be a fireman. You shouldn't be able to be in the military. This is common sense. Once again, the Democrats love doing mandates and laws that, that make no sense whatsoever. There's no need. And all they end up doing, it's not like they don't do anything. They do more harm. We saw that with the COVID mandates. They did harm. And now all this is going to do, as Borelli says, is, believe me, all these ambulance chasers in New York are licking their chops now. Didn't I just talk about BMI on Friday? And now I'm in shape. I'm an in shape 185 pound guy. Okay. I can flex my stomach and I can see my abs. Yet my doctor said your BMI is high, Mike, because you're 5'9 and 185. You should be like 170. So I'll lose 10, 15 pounds. So right there, I'm overweight. Hey, baby, I'm going to fire. If someone, someone doesn't hire me, forget about firing me. If they won't hire me, I'm going to sue them. They're suing. I'm suing them because my BMI is high and I'm technically overweight. This is what this stupid fucking law does. Can you imagine? My doctor says I'm overweight. That's why you fired me. That's why you didn't hire me, you son of a bitch. You're discriminating against fat people. <laughs> Insane. A grift for grifters. A gifty grift for grifters. That's what we got in Eric Adams. This is the guy who wants to... We never talked about this genius idea. He wants to install kiosks in stores to connect would-be thieves with social service programs. Understand that. Kiosks in stores to connect would-be thieves. So after they steal from the store, they can go in the kiosk and find out where to go. This is going to prevent crime. Putting kiosks... So, so notice, instead of stealing the $900 worth of goods, which I know I can get away with, I'm going to go on the kiosk to see if I can get help. This is what we're dealing with. This is the anti-common sense, moronic Democratic Party that we have now. Look at this fucked up country we're in. We've got one ridiculous, no common sense, woke cult in the Democrats. We got the cult of Trump who really believed this guy at 80 years old is his time to be president again. Not now, two years from now. Look at what we're dealing with here. Look at how 
dumb people are, how indoctrinated people are here. It's a tough situation for the few of us left with common sense and some form of, you know, intelligence and dignity. It's very difficult. And this is how this show started in a way, right? I was talking about incompetence. Now, people are simply incompetent. And it's tough being a competent person in a very incompetent world. Was it's, it's tough being a person with sanity and common sense who's not part of any cult in the world where people are insane, have no common sense, and are part of cults. And the cult of Democrat and the cult of Trump, they're equally the same and, and dangerous in different ways. In different ways. But once again, who is electing these people? These people don't get there by osmosis. These people don't get to make these fakakta laws out of osmosis. They get to do it because people give them the power. They enable them to do it by electing them to office. So that's where we are. And there's simply no light at the end of the tunnel that people in cities like my own, San Francisco or New York City, are ever going to elect people again who are not like this, elect people with common sense, elect people that uh, actually have real ideas that aren't just virtue signaling woke bullshit. It's, it's, I don't see a light. I don't. Yeah, I, I see a light nationally because nationally you have a lot of normal people entering the discussion. But in our cities... There aren't enough normal people to enter the discussion. There aren't enough normal people out there. The mayor of New York City says, I believe in science, and science says there's no connection. No connection between obesity and health. Holy fucking shit. What did we just see? What, we, what are we talking about here when it comes to COVID, with COVID morbidity? Sorry, got a little... If I probably got COVID, it's called a cold. But what are we talking about with COVID morbidity and obesity? What did this is not even like um, new stuff. This is stuff that even even people like Fauci were talking about this, right? That it's better not to be obese. That obese people are, are suffering more. Right? Even Fauci said this. This is the one thing we can agree on. And yet Eric Adams is saying that there's no connection between health and obesity after what we just went through for the last three years. What the hell is this? How? How do New Yorkers hear this and say, ah, it's all right. We'll reelect them when time comes. It's simple. Democrats are the anti-science. They, they'll, they'll try to tell you they're the party of science. No, they're the party of science when it's convenient for them. But they are basically the anti-science party. They don't believe in science. They don't believe in evidence. They don't believe in facts. They don't believe in reality. They have their own science. We'll call it Democrat science. That's what they believe in. They Their own science, they create their own science called Democrat science. That's what they believe in. That's everything to them. So it's bullshit when they say they believe in science. They don't. They prove it over and over again. They have no clue what science is. They don't believe in it. They make shit up. They believe in virtue signaling science, in, in woke science, in the science that, that, that science that exists in some alternate reality that the rest of us don't exist in. 
right, I'm going to close out my shaft update. I love the music, so I'm going to play it again. Okay, who is that man? Who is it? Who's that man? I guess it's, I guess I have the all instrumental version. I like that. It's great music, isn't it? It's great music from the year 1971. They don't make music like that anymore, do they? I don't want to sound like an old get off my lawn, but I don't think they really, they really have music like that anymore. That was the good, those were the good times, the good times. Okay. I think that was it for our Monday show, our post Memorial Day weekend show. Um, there are probably a lot of people that are still on vacation, coming back from vacation. I am heading on vacation Friday. I'm heading to Florida on Friday. Not really vacation, but, you know, warmer. I think I need warm weather. This this cold, damp weather here in San Francisco as we get into June now is just not, it's not cutting it anymore. Is there anything good about this city? I don't think so. Not anymore. I'll end on that note. I want to remind everyone, <laughs> the name of this show is in Let's Be Heard, and it airs weeknights, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a. M. Eastern time, which means I'll be right back here with you tomorrow night. But until then, this is Mike Chopley reminding you that your influence counts. Use it. <laughs>